Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. What's up, everybody? My name is Brian Fanzo, host of the FOMO Fans Podcast, and you guys are tuning in to episode 50. Woohoo! Now, if you guys know, the reason that this show is actually uh, numbered with a three-number sequence is because my good buddy, Michael O'Neill, the host of the Solo Hour podcast, I was just a guest on his podcast uh, about a week ago or two weeks ago, um, he, he always told me when I was asking him for advice on podcasting, he said, Brian, you have to commit to 100 episodes before you really kind of see the power of your podcast. And so today we're celebrating kind of a half birthday. I know if you guys have kids, my daughters are seven, six, and three. My daughter celebrated her seven and a half birthday, and she was super happy about being seven and a half years old. Um, my birthday's in June, therefore my half birthday is somewhere um, in the December time frame, if my, if my math is correct. But uh, this is kind of the halfway mark. We are at episode 50, and so I want to thank you guys for tuning in. You know, the whole point of this show for me was... You know, I was trying to help people embrace their FOMO, which meant embrace the fear of missing out, live on the bleeding edge of technology, stay in the know with everything that was going on all day, every day. And I realized a lot of people didn't have the time to do that. A lot of people didn't even care about doing that. Um, and they would rather me cure their FOMO, which meant I would share my thoughts, my insights, updates on what's going on, and so that the audience, you guys, my, uh, could tune in every week to this show and kind of, uh, you know, let's just face it, not feel like you're missing out. And, you know, this show, I broadcast it live here on Facebook Live and Periscope. Uh, we syndicate it to C-Suite TV. So if you guys are checking out csuitetv.com, uh, we syndicate the video there. And then, of course, the podcast itself is live in iTunes, iHeartRadio. Um, fingers crossed to be going live in Spotify as well. And so for me, this the whole point of this show, you know, I want to bring the content to where you're at. I don't care if you're watching it on video. I don't care if you're watching it live. I don't care if you're listening it in your car, when you're working out, when, you know, wherever you're at. Uh, my goal is to, you know, kind of practice what I preach. And I believe it's about creating great content and then bringing it to where your audience is, not making them come to you. And so in that note, um, this episode, episode 50, I'm going to kind of like uh, set the set the groundwork because a lot of people, you know, I'd say the most popular question I get around FOMO or the fear of missing out is, Brian, how the hell do you, you know, you speak, uh, travel around the world, you know, 40, 50 weeks a year, you host two podcasts, you run a blog, you have your own company that does consulting and strategy, uh, you know, I happen to be a solopreneur, uh, you know, how do I balance all of that while still staying up to date with the latest trends, while still investing time in learning what's going on? And I'll tell you, I don't have the exact answer, 
But what I do have is kind of my own recipe, what works for me. And so uh, thank you, everybody, who's jumping in here uh, in the live audience. I see Nate. I see Kim. I see Terry. I see a bunch of those over on Periscope. If you guys aren't watching the live shows, make sure you tune in. I usually record these on Mondays. Um, this week, it is a Thursday. I've had a crazy two weeks of travel. Uh, that's why we're kind of behind on episode 50. But here's, here's the cool news. From episode 50 to episode 100, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going we're gonna to change it up a little bit. And what I mean by changing it up is really I'm going to add an additional component. I've had numerous people tell me, Brian, we want you to do some interviews or more interviews like you did with Caleb Maddox, like you did with uh, Amy Schmidtower. We want to see more or hear, listen to more of that type of content. So I have kind of a, a new twist on doing some interviews with some of my good friends um, that I'm gonna release some of those episodes um, after I record them within this podcast. So they won't be live uh, live FOMO fans video uh, podcast episodes, but you guys that are subscribing on any of the podcast players, Overcast, Auto Radio, iTunes, um, definitely mixing it up, that's for sure. That's the plan. And also, it's um, I love, you know, my favorite thing in life, I mean, really what gets me up in the morning is I love connecting great people with great people to do great shit. And for me, connecting great people with great people oftentimes is I like helping people tell their story. I mean, it's what I do as a company, as a brand. I help brands use influencers, use digital media to tell their story and reach unique audiences that they might not have reached if they weren't doing so. And so I want to do that same thing by highlighting a lot of some of my friends, some of the people that I've um, been lucky to call my friends. And so that whole series is going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for the name. Stay tuned for a lot of the, the exciting guests that I have on there. So that's going to be part of the fun here on uh, FOMO Fans. But you're still going to get one episode a week from me, uh, kind of what this show is kind of been built on. And so let's get into the kind of the topic I was thinking about today. And it's really... How do I consume or how should you consume information? Then how do you, you know, curate it, which means add your own insights? And then ultimately, how do I share it out you know, to social media, um, across my blog? And then last but not least, how do I stay engaged with what's going on? Right? Because it's one thing to consume. It's one thing to share. It's another thing to engage. And let's face it. You can be doing all of those things, but if you're not actually doing the work, if you're not actually implementing anything and just spending all of your time consuming, uh, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, and it's probably a good reason why um, you know a lot of things, you're just not doing a lot of things. I think for so many people, they say they want to launch a podcast, they say they want to get on live video, and I, I can't figure out what's stopping them. Like They're waiting for permission to take action. And here's the thing, and this is something I preach on stage as a speaker. You do not need permission to take action. You do not need to wait for someone to tell you to press the button and go live to go live. You should embrace you know, and, and learn and consume, but there is a point when consumption ends up being something that is a crutch more than an enabler. And the reason I, I believe this is because it's happened to me. 
it's happened to me more times than I, I can tell you. I mean, launching my very first podcast, which is the Smack Talk podcast. If you guys aren't listening to that with Daniel Newman, make sure you check that out. It's S-M-A-C. T-A-L-K, Smack Talk. Um, but before Daniel and I launched that podcast, I spent 10 months researching launching a podcast. So much so that it crippled me to the point where I was afraid to go live. And Daniel and I were having a conversation like on a Thursday. And he's like, Brian, why don't we just go live tomorrow and launch episode one? And I was like, ah, that's a great idea. And then that weekend, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what the hell was I waiting for? And sadly, if it was the permission that Daniel gave me, right? Daniel's like, Brian, let's just do it. And I think for so many of us, we kind of get crippled a lot of times in this kind of world of, you know, so much noise coming in and so many things to learn, you know, reading books and watching live videos and consuming podcasts. And so I'm going to give you some tips and tricks on what, where I'm going to learn and kind of stay in the know. But I, I want to caveat this with don't do everything that I'm doing. Like part of my job is to be on the bleeding edge and know where things are going so that I can help my clients understand what's best for them, right? But if your job isn't that, if your job isn't, you know, let's face it, being, you know, fully dialed into everything that's going on, sometimes it's extremely valuable to put blinders on. Sometimes it's extremely valuable to mute notifications on your phone. Sometimes it's extremely valuable to, you know, put your head in the sand. But I recommend not doing that at all times. And so, where I go to consume my news, I've, I've talked a lot about the tools, but I'm going to tell you my, my favorite, let's say, let's say new consumption of news is the Amazon Echo. I absolutely love, love my daily news brief. So every morning when I wake up, the very first thing I do in the morning, because I actually use my Amazon Echo as my alarm clock. So, um, and I don't know how many times Miss Alexa is going to hear me in the background over there. But I always say, you know, Alexa, what's my news brief? Oh, good. She didn't hear me. <laughs> She's over there. Um, and what Alexa does, which is amazing, is that I actually have configured it to pull in certain news briefs that I want to consume every single day. So I got like the Bloomberg news. I have Cheddar uh, tech updates. You can actually do it with the FOMO fans podcast. You can actually include my podcast in your Amazon Echo uh, news brief. And for me, what that's been great for is usually when I, I used to spend time in lay, you know, laying in bed with my phone, let's face it, I'm a millennial. So what do I do when I wake up? I, I turn off my alarm and then I, I go to social media. And usually it's a little bit of browsing on Instagram because that's my favorite personal consumption uh, app at the moment. I love just consuming content. I'm following some great people on Instagram. I usually then jump over to Twitter, check out my notifications, see what's going on Snapchat as far as who's engaging me. But really what, what I, you know, one of the things that I struggled with was Spending 30 or 40 minutes in bed before I'm even, you know, getting my energy drink, before I'm getting ready to take a shower, before I'm looking at my calendar, before I'm looking at, at my giant to-do list. And if those that are, are watching here on live video, I'm holding up, this was my to-do list that I did last night. And this is what I do every night, is I write down my priorities for the day, at the end of the day, because I need to get this stuff out of my head, and I put it on a sticky note in front of me, 
And my day is not a success unless I've completed my priority list. But with that being said, you know, for me, it's how do I maximize my time in the morning? And what I realized was I can now consume things via audio and multitask, which is the reason I love podcasting. But I've never been a huge fan or someone that subscribes to a podcast that is every single day, right? Like tech news. I've always kind of been the one that leverages podcasting on kind of a episodic uh, weekly basis or majority of the podcasts that I listen to. So my number one tip, my number one thing, if you guys have an Amazon Echo, I recommend setting up your daily news brief and tweaking it and testing it. And usually mine is about um, 15 or 16 minutes long. It actually just depends on how long Gary V's uh, most recent uh, podcast episode is because it, it plays a, uh, a little bit of one of his updated episodes. But it's, it's really allowed me to maximize my mornings. And one of the things I also like about it from a maximizing my morning thing is there's something very intimate about getting your news audio because you're able to add your own visual creativity to what they're actually talking about. And so, you know, uh, my thoughts and prayers with everybody that's been caught in the hurricanes and the disasters and the earthquake down in Mexico. But when you're, when you're able to, in the morning, kind of tap into that creativity, for me, it allows me to not only get inspired in the morning, but it allows me to kind of get those juices going and kind of get started. So Alexa is really one of my favorite things to do every morning. My second one, and I'm guessing for a majority of you guys that are out there, just based on your Twitter engagement, which I'm pretty disappointed. I, I wish, you know, Twitter is my favorite platform. It's where I engage the most on. But I know a lot of you listeners, I've, I've heard from you, that you're not either not on Twitter, uh, you only use Twitter during live events, or Twitter just isn't in your workflow. But uh, my second favorite place to consume news and stay up to date is Twitter Moments. So Twitter Moments, it's not a new app, it's, it's a button with inside of the Twitter app on your phone or on your browser. It's the lightning bolt at the top of the screen. But what Twitter Moments does that I really love is that Twitter Moments kind of gives you the trending topics of what's going on, but it does it in a way that you can actually see what other people are posting on Twitter. So it, it, it curates a lot of tweets together that are about a certain topic. So for me, if there is a when when there was the the craziness going in on in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, which is right down the street from me, I don't like typical news. I do not watch Fox News. I do not watch CNN. I do not watch CNBC. I don't I don't know if it's a millennial thing or it's a I don't trust that they get me the news unfiltered. I don't trust that they really share stuff that I care about. And so for me, Twitter moments is that opposite, right? It's curated by my community's tweets and live content. Therefore, not only am I getting it in real time, but I'm getting it up to date. And the other cool thing is I see a couple of people mentioning this on the live broadcast is I like Twitter moments because people and brands can actually create their own Twitter moments. And I even have, this is, this is kind of a, a top secret thing that I do, is I actually have Twitter moments that I haven't published. And here's a little tease for those that are watching on the video side of this. I actually have Twitter moments that I haven't published where I find a lot of great tweets about a certain topic. And I'm like, ooh, I wanna save those so I can reference them later. But I don't know where to do that. I actually make my own moments. So 
the, you know, the first one is Alexa, and Alexa from Amazon Echo is consuming via audio. Twitter Moments gives me Alexa off. Sorry. <laughs> I see, I told you it was going to happen. Um, it gives me that real-time curated content from my Twitter community, which sadly I trust more to give me more up-to-date, unfiltered noise uh, news uh, than what I see on TV. So Twitter moments, I see a lot of people that are uh, following on Periscope. No surprise, Periscope is a Twitter app um, that you guys love Twitter moments. So Twitter moments is my number two that I want to share with you. Number three is an app that I talk about, I feel like, every episode. Um, it's my favorite app. It's probably the app I use the most um, every single day or week that isn't a social network. And the name of that app is actually called Flipboard. And so Flipboard is a digital magazine that allows you to connect with your, most, your favorite topics, keywords, RSS searches, favorite blogs. And the crazy part is, you know, I consume a lot of content every day. Um, for all of the, you web designers out there, and remember, web design was my concentration in college, um, I don't ever visit your website. What I do is I open up Flipboard every single day and I look at what it's been curated via artificial intelligence, which we'll talk about a little bit later, on what I love to actually consume. So right now I just opened it up and I'm gonna do this live in real time. I wasn't even thinking about doing this. So my very first, my news, this is what's been curated for me today. Google secret formula for startup success. That's one article. Another article from Forbes, Apple iOS 11, 25 secret features that you want to watch, you want to consume. The other, the other article from Mashable, Equifax has been uh, directing victims to fake phishing sites for weeks. Then I swipe up the next article that I can consume. And remember, this is all curated and brought to my app based on the things that I like, based on the things that I share, and based on the keywords that I put in. The next one is Google HTC signs a $1.1 billion cooperation agreement to boost Google hardware game. The next one that goes after, after an ad, why do employees really quit their jobs? Eight reasons research says so, right? So this is just an example of content that is brought to me. And here's what I was talking about earlier. I, I, I don't have time to weed through all of the ridiculously bad email newsletters that exist in the world. I don't have time to visit everybody's website. I don't even have time to watch my, my, my curated news feed oftentimes. But what I do have time for is if you put the time in to adjusting and keyword searching and liking and unliking content in an app like Flipboard, it's amazing how much time it saves for you. It's amazing how much, how, to me, it is my, it's my hack. It's my productivity hack. And if you guys want to subscribe to my Flipboards, here's, here's the secret. Here's, here's what you good should be doing. If you guys care about things that I care about, so that, that goes digital marketing, technology, innovation, culture, employee advocacy. If you care about those things, if you just log on to the app and subscribe to my Flipboard, guess what you get to do? Everything that I curate, every blog that I read that's not part of the app, and I put it into my Flipboard, you can see it on your app. I can actually do the work for you. 
If you just subscribe, flipboard.com slash isocialfans, isocialfans inside of the Flipboard app, you can really just take advantage of all of the things that I curate every single day. And it'll save you tons of time, and you'll be able to kind of filter that as you go. So that's kind of a, that's kind of my tip there. I love Flipboard. Another one, and this is an this is a social network I am bullish on right now, extremely bullish on. And for a majority of you, you think of this this social network as a resume builder or a the one that you only remember your password when you're looking for a job or when you're hiring somebody, but. I, I will tell you right now, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my number one business generating uh, platform. It is my number one, uh, I would say, networking for clients uh, platform. They recently opened up the video platform about a month ago. I've done about 30 or 32 videos on LinkedIn. LinkedIn for consuming what my, to, for understanding what my community cares about has been amazing. What I do is I actually on my iPad, so I have an iPad Pro, which right now I'm watching my own Periscope on so I can see the Periscope comments, but on my iPad Pro, I actually, I actually flip through LinkedIn almost on a daily basis for about 15 minutes. And what I do is, the reason LinkedIn is great, and this is why it's different than Facebook, this is why it's different than Twitter, is that LinkedIn, when you, people that you're, you're engaging with on LinkedIn, when they like a post from someone else on LinkedIn, even if they're not in my network, LinkedIn surfaces that for me and says, someone in your network liked this post. And the reason this is important, in, in my opinion, is it's great to be in the know for what I care about, but whenever I am trying to think of a topic for a podcast, maybe a blog post, maybe um, people that I'm trying to target for my, my newest keynote topic, which is Think Like a Fan 2.0, it's not about what Brian Fanzo cares about. It's about what does my community care about today? What are they talking about? What are the topics that matter to them? And guess what? LinkedIn surface, surfaces that on a daily basis for me. If you are not using LinkedIn, if you're like, God, Brian, shut up. I don't, LinkedIn, like that platform, you're like, that's the most unsocial social network I've ever seen. Guess what? Don't get on it. Don't get on LinkedIn. Leave it to me because I'm going to continue building my business on there. I'm going to continue building strong business networking relationships. And I'm going to continue finding massive value on this platform because it is a targeted audience that is extremely dialed in. And right now, the way the LinkedIn algorithm is going, it gives me up-to-date insights and information on the regular. I freaking love it. I, I can tell you, LinkedIn... Whew, I guess if I have to give you one advice, this is, this is episode 50, and maybe we'll revisit this at episode 100. Spend more time during the day on LinkedIn than you do on Facebook for one month. For one month, spend more time on LinkedIn during the day, not at night. I know at night you like watching cat videos and, and all of the ridiculous other things. I love Facebook. I mean, Facebook is, um, you know, is a huge... It's a huge piece of my life. It's a huge part of my day. But I, I'm challenging you. Everyone that's listening to this right now, I'm challenging you. For one month, spend more time engaging on content on LinkedIn than engaging on content on Facebook. 
because I will almost guarantee you, you'll find a new love for LinkedIn. You'll find new people that are sharing great content. And probably more often than not, one of the things that I've found is a lot of people didn't know I had a podcast. A lot of people didn't know I was working with these big brands. I was you know, at the HP event in Chicago last week. And the more I started sharing and engaging on LinkedIn, the more decision makers with, let's face it, dollar dollar bills with money started paying attention to what I was doing. And all of a sudden I went and looked at my Google Analytics and guess what was number two driver to my website in the month of August? Number two driver in the month of August to my website, LinkedIn. Right there, right? Drop it. I drop the mic. That's all I gotta tell you. So I challenge you, if you don't believe me, do it for a month. And you know what? If you don't find value in it, it's okay. I've worked really hard at being active on LinkedIn for many years. But for me, LinkedIn, just like everything, you get what you put into it. If you're not willing to scroll the news feed and comment on posts and like posts and share content, no, no wonder you're not getting value out of it. I mean, I can't stand people that tell me, Brian, I, I like Facebook way more than I like LinkedIn. Like, no, no one engages me with LinkedIn. I'm like, well, who, do you engage with people that are posting on LinkedIn? Like, no, hell no, I don't engage with them. I'm like, hmm, so you engage with Facebook people and they engage with you. You don't engage with LinkedIn people and yet you don't like LinkedIn because nobody engages with you. Let's, let's, let's prioritize that, right? So I, I'm, I'm really bullish on LinkedIn. Now the funny part about this, and this is the last one of, of my kind of tips and things that I use to, to consume, curate, uh, share, and engage, uh, is Facebook groups. So funny enough, I was just talking about Facebook, right? And I like to think of Facebook as three different apps within the one, right? So I look at three different ones, and, and I love Terry Johnson is in here live. Uh, Terry's dropping some uh, knowledge. She loves the tools. Thank you guys that are watching here on Facebook Live and Periscope. If you guys could share this out to your community, I always, always do appreciate you guys uh, sharing this broadcast out to all of your followers. Um, it's something that helps me and helps the show kind of uh, go on. But... Um, one of the things that you know, I talked about is, you know, I look at Facebook as three different apps. There is the news feed, there is Facebook Messenger, and then in my opinion, there's the third best one. And the third one is Facebook Groups. I have an entire podcast episode dedicated to Facebook groups. And it's, uh, I'm not even sure what episode it is. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I always point down for the show notes, but depending on which podcast app you're using or if you're watching this live, depends on where those show notes are actually at. But, you know, one of the things for me that is really important or really valuable is, um, you know, how how do I filter the noise, but how do I stay actively engaged? And here's the thing. I love Facebook groups so much so that I have Facebook notifications turned off on every app, on every device, because if I didn't, my, my, I would never get anything done. But what I do have, and this is my trick, I install the Facebook groups app on my iPhone and I subscribe to notifications for right now it's five groups. There's five groups on my phone that I have notifications turned on for Facebook groups. And so you're at, you might be thinking like, why do you do that, Brian? Because here's the thing. I get about on average eight Facebook messages a day from either potential clients, people that want to do business, people that want to pick my brain, um, 
every day, right? I probably, on average, you know, from a new, from a mention and, and a notification update, I would say I probably get 50 to 60 notifications, you know, either mentions or people engaging with content on Facebook. But Facebook groups for me, and the reason that I I find it so much va so value is I have some amazing, amazing Facebook groups that I am willing to turn on notifications for because the content is that great. And so I only have notifications on for those groups. There's other groups that I belong to on Facebook that every once in a while I'll log into the app and actually surface. But if I want to stay in the know from people that I trust and believe in, I mean, I have one Facebook group that has 18 people in it. My favorite Facebook group actually has uh, 300 people in it, and we're doing a live meetup in Philadelphia. Uh, it's called Speak and Spill. We're doing a live meetup with that Facebook group this Saturday. So in two days, I'll be driving up to Philadelphia. That's how much value this Facebook group has provided me, that I'm driving from Washington, D.C. to Philadelphia the weekend before I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving uh, different, uh, about an hour away here in Virginia because this Facebook group is that much value. It's, it's great people in my industry sharing secrets, and it has an amazing admin to the group group that doesn't allow spam and really filters the noise. Um, it, it's one of those things that I, I can tell you, if it wasn't for that Facebook group, I would probably have forty dollars or $50,000 in less revenue this year because that group has helped me tweak my speaker kit. It's helped me uh, tweak my speaker website. It's helped me you know, not feel like I'm alone in the crazy um, speaker world that exists, right? These are all the things that, that matter to me. And so I've kind of broke it down for you guys, all of the ways that I bring content in. And I'm going to give you, the way I'm going to wrap this episode up is I'm going to give you the things I'm paying attention to. Um, the last couple things. I'm going to talk about like industries and maybe platforms, technology. But just to recap real quick for those that are, are listening, Twitter Moments, Flipboard, Alexa Audio News Brief, LinkedIn, and Facebook groups, Alexa off, Alexa news, Alexa was like, wait a second, I know what you just said. Um, so those are, those are the ways that I consume content. That's the way I bring things in. If you're jumping in the live stream now and you missed that, you guys can go back and watch the uh, live stream or better yet, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, Player FM, Overcast, Auto Radio. But last but not least, so this is episode 50. It's halfway to my, my 100 mark, which is my goal for this podcast. I, I might go to 300. Uh, I might go to 500. But my goal when I, when I built this podcast was I was committed to you guys. If you're committed to subscribing to my show and tuning in every week, I'm going to commit to you guys that I'm going to do 100 episodes of FOMO Fans. It doesn't matter if I have a, uh, if I have a, a sponsor. I don't have a sponsor. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. The name of the show is right here under me, FOMO Fans, F-O-M-O-F-A-N-Z as in zebra or Z for you guys that are overseas. It's in every single app. Just type in FOMO Fans and you will find it. So last but not least, what am I paying? attention to what am I studying today what am what are the things that I'm really I'm really honing in on well one of them I've already kind of mentioned a little bit LinkedIn video I, I believe video is the key to shrinking the distance between a brand an entrepreneur a leader and the community consumer and target audience I believe video shrinks the distance that we have put in place online 
And LinkedIn had probably the largest distance because so many people were not engaged, so many people were fake, so many people were you know, putting on a professional face. Um, I went live there yesterday, or not live, I, went, I did a video yesterday for LinkedIn using my phone, sitting in my terrible towel t-shirt with Pittsburgh Steelers t-shirt on, you know, unshaved, and I just, said, I just wanted to thank everybody that has helped me build my speaking business because I haven't used an agent or I haven't had a speaker bureau. This has all been uh, community-generated leads, and I just wanted to say thank you. And I can tell you that that video has now has over a thousand views of people that I care about, which you know YouTube oftentimes, not that I don't care about everybody on YouTube, but oftentimes a lot of people that aren't my target demographic that are watching my videos there. Not only do I have a thousand people have watched that video, but almost half of them are my second connections, which means they might not know me, they might not like me yet, but they're watching my video, right? So LinkedIn video to me is kind of a great example of the power of video uh, I'm not sure how crazy it's going to get once they open the platform to everybody. I am lucky enough that LinkedIn gave me early access to LinkedIn video, so you can upload it from your phone. Um, yesterday, I got to actually test and upload video from my desktop, but LinkedIn video is something I'm paying attention to because it's a greater view, because this is something I want you guys to think about. Awesome. I see a lot of people here watching live have access to LinkedIn video. I believe video and live video more so, what I'm doing right now, is the gateway to augmented reality and virtual reality. The reason I believe Apple iPhone kind of dropped the ball, and I'm an Apple fanboy, I mean my company is iSocial Fans. The i and iSocial Fans is because I am an Apple fanboy. I am Apple all day, every day. I also have a I also have a Samsung device, right? Because I like to be in the know, understand what every, everyone's doing. But with that being said, the reason I believe Apple put off some of that AR technology with the two sensors and VR um, investment, the reason I believe that they kind of did that is because we as a consumer base are not ready for augmented virtual reality yet. We have not embraced what it takes to create content there. We don't understand, but right now, 360 video, I was watching a 360 live stream on Facebook from a company called Poker Go, and it blew my mind. It's my favorite, I'll put a picture in the show notes. They put a 360 video camera and streamed it to Facebook Live in the middle of a high stakes poker game. Daniel Negreanu, someone I had played poker with in my past life, is sitting at that table and I could zoom in and, and pan around the table in 360. If you don't know how excited I was, I was literally, I was giddy. I was giddy watching that for over an hour of this amazing 360 video. But then I was watching the comments and people were consumed on how do you, how do you make the 360 camera work? And, this is weird, why is it bubble? And, and no, you couldn't see the cards, but you could actually listen to them talking. So um, I know they're gonna have to figure out a way to like funnel in the broadcast and kind of tweak a couple things. But you know, one of the things that I, I'm amazed by is we have to crawl before we walk. We have to walk before we run. And right now, 
we want to, there's a lot of people, I mean, Robert Scoble, Kathy Hackle, uh, two of my good friends, they are all in, Shell Israel, they're all in on augmented reality and virtual reality, and I'm a big believer that augmented reality and virtual reality are going to be massive game changers for content consumption, massive game changers for training and learning development. I mean, I'm working with two different um, events in the medical field and in the, in the learning and development field on where these things are going to fit in and how they can embrace it, but... I don't believe we're, we're at the walking stage to run there yet, right? And why I'm bringing this up is I believe video, like LinkedIn video, the, until we get people pressing the damn button, which is what I say, pressing the button, creating video, consuming video, stop watching crappy video. Like, if you subscribe to crappy YouTube channels and then you complain that YouTube is full of crappy content, you're part of the problem. Stop subscribing so they stop thinking that they're good and, and creating that crappy content. That's a whole other rant beyond the thing. But so LinkedIn video is something I'm paying a lot of attention to. Augmented reality, virtual reality. I'm paying attention to the user behaviors around those platforms and what is currently holding us up in those arenas. But I, I'm still thinking that augmented virtual reality from a, from a let's face it, this is how I, this is how I, I think of things. When my mom understands a platform or understands a technology, and hi mom, I love you, um, and my mom is a rock star, I'm a mama's boy, right? So when my mom understands a technology, when she understands what's going on, it's mainstream, right? My digital marketing early adopter friends, we are already in augmented reality. I mean, I was using a um, HP, a Hewlett Packard Omen book bag that was a book bag la uh, a desktop computer on my back so that I could walk with a virtual reality headset on and go anywhere I want, which is also scary because you have a headset on, you can't see anything. Um, but I was doing that last week. But until my mom understands the technology and, and can picture a use case. It doesn't mean my mom needs to buy a VR headset, right? It doesn't mean my mom needs to have, you know, I'm, I'm showing, holding up right now an Oculus Rift. It doesn't mean that, but it means that, that she understands the value. She understands what's going on. That's when I think it's mass adoption. And I think we're at 2020, 2022 before we get there. So I'm paying attention to that. Probably the thing I'm, I'm studying the most and something that I'm really excited about is artificial intelligence and the role automation is gonna play in the future of work. So I'm studying not only what cognitive computing, machine learning, and a lot of these really, you know, uh, you know this, this truly breakdown of how do we get smarter with computers? How do we allow computers to do what we can't? Let's face it, computers can work 24 hours a day. They don't need a, a potty break. They don't need to drink a monster energy drink. They don't have uh, emotions. They're, wait, all of these things are good things, but they also have, they're missing a lot of things that we as humans have, right? And so I'm a big believer in that augmented uh, that artificial intelligence done correctly, right? We don't give the keys to a, a stealth bomber to a 10-year-old. We shouldn't give the keys uh, to our databases and our lives to artificial intelligence. But I do believe artificial intelligence will be the greatest disruptor transformation aspect technology in our life in my lifetime. I believe in my lifetime as a millennial, a pager-wearing millennial, 
Artificial intelligence will transform how we do everything every day. We haven't even visualized how it's going to transform the world of work, how we do things. And so I'm, I'm all in. I freaking love um, artificial intelligence. I have a couple clients right now that I'm working with to, to kind of what I like to say, translate the geek speak. So maybe I'll do a future episode about AI. If you guys are interested in that, you know, send me a tweet, send me an email. Email is fanzo at isocialfans.com send me a tweet post on my facebook page uh instagram anywhere you want send me an instagram dm shoot go on linkedin send me a linkedin message um let me know if you want uh, maybe a full episode uh developed to ai i absolutely i am all in i can tell you it's it's where i'm spent i mean last night alone i spent an hour and 30 minutes writing a a about a 5,000 word post as well as doing a lot of research on the noise, the drama, the PR buzz versus what the hell that's really going on. So the um, AI is, is kind of the, the, the one that I'm, uh, I'm super excited about, as you guys can tell. And then the last two things that I, I'm really you know, keeping an eye on right now, you know, giving you guys kind of the recap here on episode 50, is that I'm really paying attention to specific user behaviors on individual platforms. So I believe platforms like Instagram, it's a scroll, 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 double tap for heart, comment, um, send a video mix, a message on Instagram stories, you know, versus Facebook, where Facebook is a different uh, consumption. One of the things that I really am paying attention a lot to is not the platform, not Instagram about, you know, posting pictures with filters, but users' behaviors in a mobile-first world. I believe mobile is drastically shifting everything that we do from consuming content to engaging to how we communicate to how we work. And so I'm really studying the user behaviors on all kinds of platforms. But I like Instagram right now because influencer marketing on uh, on Instagram, especially if you're in the fitness area, the travel arena, or um, you know any pretty much any food or life hack arena. Instagram influencers are crushing it, absolutely crushing it. So I'm studying what they're doing because I want to understand what behaviors, what emotions they're evoking for their community. And then I'm also trying to study user behaviors as a whole from mobile, you know, understanding, you know, I, one thing that I look at all the time is how many people are going to my website from a mobile device versus the desktop? How many people are leaving an app like a Twitter app and going to my, the browser on their phone versus how many people are using using a native you know, app. And these are all, this is all data that you can get about your website, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you guys with this. I'm going to wrap up this episode. I didn't realize this is a long one, so I'm not going to do the five-minute rant afterwards because it's episode 50. I can go a little bit long, you know, and if you don't like it, um, you know, go get your, you know, go get your FOMO somewhere else. You know, I'm, I'm curing your FOMO. Um, if you don't, you don't want to subscribe, I, I completely understand. I appreciate everybody who does subscribe, but, you know, the thing that I really, really want to kind of let people know, and someone just asked if I finished my book. Um, the book itself is finished. Um, there isn't a published date yet or a publisher yet, or I haven't decided if I'm self-publishing yet, but uh, that's a whole other story. But um, I'm going to leave you guys with this. I really believe that the world is going to get noisier as video grows, right? The stat from Cisco Index Report 81% of internet traffic will be video by 2020. 
I have a stat in my new keynote that, that Mark Zuckerberg came out and said he believes 90% of the content created on Facebook in 2018, that's next year, 90% of that will be video. So one of the things that I'm really kind of looking at is video eliminates our ability to multitask, eliminates, we can't do that when we're driving in a car or you shouldn't do that when you're driving a car. Distracting driving kills way too many people. Listen to a podcast, listen to a radio, roll down the windows and enjoy the world. Don't watch video while you're driving. But video requires kind of a, a full-on attention component, right? And it's why I do video for this show, but it's also why I do a podcast episode. And I know a lot of people tell me, Brian, I listen to your podcast live, but I open up a second tab and I do my work. I'm not watching you stand in front of your, your whiteboards doing your, your podcast, and that's perfectly fine. But the reason I want to say this is I believe as we go more, more video, we're going to really find out that our users and our consumers are trying to find ways to not only multitask, but be more productive in everything else they do. Because let's face it, if video now is, is you know, 30 minutes a day is, is spent to consuming video, that's 30 minutes now that we don't have doing something else. And I believe to counterbalance that, we're actually going to see podcast listenership grow. We're going to see audio consumption like the Amazon Echo that I was talking about. We're going to see that increase. We're also going to see the people really hone in on what email newsletters they subscribe to. We're going to see people really hone in on what apps they download on their phone. I'm a guy that downloads pretty much every app that exists. And then half the time I look at it and say, what the heck is this app even for? I believe video is going to be a driver for us to reevaluate what distracts us, where we spend our time, because video is that all-consuming medium. And I also believe if you are a brand out there, if you are an entrepreneur, take this last advice. Respect your consumer's newsfeed. Episode 49, the last episode, I spent an entire episode about the role of content for telling your story, evoking emotion, and connecting with your community, but I cannot stress enough. There is nothing worse you can do today than overrun them with too many emails, too many videos, too much podcast, too long of episodes, which is kind of funny because I'm running about 50 minutes on this episode. If you overwhelm your audience and they, they, they think that you went from value to noise to a unneeded distraction, the worst thing can happen. They will unsubscribe, they will unfollow, they will stop watching, they will stop listening. And that is way worse. Losing someone that is already engaged and subscribed and giving you your time, giving up one of those people to get somebody new does not create a winning formula. Remember, respect your, new, your, your newsfeed, your audience's time. Do not shuffle them crap. Do not post content five days a week because you read some stupid blog that told you to do that. I truly, truly believe. Listen to your community. Engage with your community. It's how this podcast episode came to about. I started asking people, Brian, what do you want more of with me? And they said, Brian, I want one-on-one -on -one time with you. I want to understand, you know, I want you to help me stay in the know. I want you to, to really give me all of the things that I can't get everywhere else. 
And I love that feedback. And I said, well, I can't do that at scale. I can't do that with every single person that's a follower of mine on my community. But what I can do is I can create a podcast that you can subscribe to that can help solve that need. And I told you, I, I don't know if the episodes are going to be 20 minutes or an hour. The only thing I'm, I guaranteed and the promise I made to you guys, the listeners, and this is episode 50, so I might as well bring it home with this, is that I will do my best to share relevant, insightful content that I am passionate about. I'll be transparent with sponsorships. I'll be transparent with influencer engagement. I will let you know what things I'm getting for free, what things I'm getting paid to do, with all of those things. I'm going I'm to be very upfront with you on that. I'm also going to do my best not to waste your time. And if it's a 20-minute episode or a 40-minute episode, when I'm done spewing the information that I want to spew, I'm going to get the hell off. And so on that note... Episode 50 is in the books. We're halfway to 100, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for spending your time allowing me to cure your FOMO. My name is Brian Fanzo, better known as iSocialFans. Cheers, my friends.